SureScripts has been a guest and a sponsor of the Pharmacy Podcast Network several times. And you'll find additional episodes in the show notes. And it's really interesting to see where e-prescribing has come. I remember in 2004 when I entered pharmacy in in the long-term care space, how exciting it was when we started writing NCPDP script I think it was called work group 14, which is specific to long-term care to write very specific needs. The first person I think of was Shelly Spiro helped to actually write much of that documentation, how far we have come with that and how many different verticals of information there are. And we are focused on in the pharmacy sector. Specialty pharmacy is so important and it's evolving. Today's topic is around SureScripts being part of this conversation. You're listening to the Pharmacy Podcast Network. Welcome to Unscripted, a special podcast series from ShoreScripts in collaboration with the Pharmacy Podcast Network. Unscripted with ShoreScripts is a six-episode series discussing challenges facing patients and care providers and how technology is creating opportunities for change. This series will offer a variety of voices in specialty medications, different pharmacy conversations, and showcase how ShoreScripts is driving best-in-class solutions designed specifically to deliver operational efficiencies and, most important, the best patient care. ShoreScripts aims to keep the patient at the center of all that we do, working to ensure faster, more informed, more accurate, more reliable transfer of information among care management teams. Hello, my name is Todd Urey. This is the Pharmacy Podcast Nation. I'd like to welcome back Cecilia Byers, Specialty Pharmacy Clinical Product Manager of SureScripts. And I'd like to also welcome Dr. Andrew Mellon. He is Chief Medical Information Officer for SureScripts. Welcome to the Pharmacy Podcast Nation. Thank you. It's great to be here. Yes, thank you, Todd. So I want to jump right into this. We're focusing on the unique challenges of specialty pharmacy, medication management, all the information that comes with that. Specific disease states have specific information and challenges. And the process for prescribing and dispensing specialty medications really rely on what is being sent between the EHR, the physician prescribing, and the pharmacy, and the process within the pharmacy. We have to avoid mistakes, by human error, fat fingering, bad faxes, so many things that could prevent us from getting the right information to the pharmacy for prescription processing and management. So I'm going to start off with Dr. Mellon. Would you give us an overview? This might be the first time someone is listening to the Pharmacy Podcast Nation featuring SureScripts. What does SureScripts do and how do your products help specifically specialty pharmacy? Yeah, so SureScripts is the nation's most trusted and capable health information network. And what that means is we move information, we move key sets of clinical data from all the people that are helping to provide care for the patient related to e-prescribing and related to other elements of clinical care. 
just to give you some ideas of the scale of SureScripts, uh, we have over a million prescribers using our network for electronic prescribing. We sent our, those prescribers sent over 2 billion electronic prescriptions through our network over the past year. Um, and overall, we, we had 19, over 19 billion clinical transactions moved throughout our network over the past year. So the scale of SureScripts though is really one of the big success stories and you know, the US clinical interoperability. Um, SureScripts has been around for 20 years. We were the pioneers of electronic prescribing. We're the pioneers of helping bring formulary data to the point of care for prescribers to make, inform to make uh, more informed clinical uh, decisions around medications. And we've expanded our focus greatly to many aspects of the medication lifecycle, including medication history, including electronic prior authorization and, and price transparency at the point of care. We also help with clinical interoperability um, for uh, clinical information with uh, consolidated uh, CDAs. So the interoperability between EHRs for clinical documents. So we're focused on helping everyone in our network be more informed and have actionable information that they need to make the right decisions for the patients. Cecilia, this is your returning episode coming back to the pharmacy podcast really want to dive into just an overview of specialty pharmacy and your background in specialty pharmacy at your scripts yeah so thank you again for for having me back it you know it's fun to always be here with you todd um so my background prior to joining sure scripts was in what started in retail and then moved to specialty pharmacy uh 12 years exactly um was the time spent in those two particular areas in specialty, when I first started in that area, it was an area that, you know, I didn't know a lot about, but through learning more and, and understanding the ecosystem really helped me to see that there were opportunities for better patient care engagement, really helping patients understand the process and walking them through the process. However, you find that, you know, in certain situations, especially the one that I was coming from, we didn't have necessarily all the resources necessary to be able to make it a, you know, a better transition for them to really um, help engage them and help them focus and really, you know, kind of take the burden off of them and the entire process. So, you know, kind of fast forward four years after opening our specialty pharmacy, you know, had an opportunity. Um, Andrew is actually the first person I talked to about the opportunities that were at SureScripts when it came to specialty pharmacy, what started out as a conversation around kind of the pain points that I was experiencing turned into, well, this is what SureScripts is doing um, and we have opportunities available. So it, it's really that, it's the opportunities that, we, that I saw that I heard about how we can do things in a more proactive um, way to bring clinical information to pharmacies directly from physicians as well as utilizing the network that SureScripts has built to be able to allow pharmacies access to some of that clinical information without actually having to pick up a phone or send a fax. Because as you said at the beginning, we, that's where we've come from. And a lot of pharmacies and even doctor's offices today still have that fax machine sitting on the counter. And you know, how can we um, move away from that in more of a electronic forms of communication, electronic transfers of information, all of it while being within the workflow for both pharmacies as well as physicians. Andrew, I think of the complexity of many of the specialty meds that are out there, how sensitive adherence it is when you're titrating onto a medication. How is the specialty pharmacy 
specific prescribing process, keeping up with medical advancements. How is SureScripts helping to manage that? I've been in health IT now over 20 years. And over the past two and a half years since I've been at SureScripts, I've had a chance to spend a large portion of my time studying the complexity with specialty medication prescribing. And I can safely say it is the most complex, convoluted, complicated process I have ever studied in my entire career. In fact, I have this huge poster, workflow poster on my wall, which is just a mess of a spaghetti diagram. And so if you go to most prescribers' offices or even the, or the specialty pharmacies, there is an enormous amount of manual work that still happens uh, on paper, on phone calls to try to get this done. And what we've seen and, and with some of our partners is there are a number of places today that um, they are keeping pace with technology, you know, pulling clinical information from the electronic health record, as an example, helping with electronic prior authorizations or better understanding at the point of care for prescribers, the cost of these specialty medications. But the, the reality is, you know, we are, um, you know, SureScripts has been around 20 years. And if you look at e-prescribing 20 years ago to where we are today, it's, it's night and day difference. We're not there yet with specialty medications. We're getting there. We're seeing some um, innovations. We're seeing some new standards from the NCPDP, but there's still a lot of work. There's still a very large administrative burden going from that moment of prescribing and decision-making to the moment that patient receives the therapy um, at their home. Cecilia, you and I just got done talking about the legacy of information transfer between a physician and a pharmacy, even the medical record. And everybody wants to do what is the right thing. And I think of, I think of the lack of technology in physician offices, the, the dreaded fax machine. But where do you think the biggest opportunity for improvement is? You know, that's a really good question. Um, when I think about the technology versus maybe a process, it it's almost falls into both of them. I mean, we have the technologies, we're creating technologies, there's innovations out there um, to be able to address some of the pain points that, you know, we've been talking about, whether it's, you know, obtaining clinical information, doing prior authorizations, there, there's better ways, um, there's faster, there's more efficient ways to do some of those things these days, but it all comes down to then how are they implemented and are they being utilized and used to their fullest extent? So it's one thing if we can create the technology and have the technology available, it's then you know ensuring that the technology is in place in the right place in all the processes, whether it's at a prescriber's office or even in a pharmacy. And you know, really it's that, but, you know, that change management, as Andrew and I like to talk about sometimes and getting, whether it's a physician to change how they're thinking about prescribing, right? As Andrew had pointed out, specialty medications are super complicated in some instances, labs that are needed, um, the, you know, the prior authorization piece, just that exchange of clinical information. And more and more, we start to see prescribers offices relying on pharmacies to do a lot of that, where pharmacies will go to the prescribers and say, you know what, this is a really complicated process. Let us take on some of that for you. So it's really, you know, how we are creating the technology that create efficiencies that then span both both sides, as well as, you know, as we look at as hubs as well, and some of the work that we're doing there to really create more efficiencies. Focusing in on that patient at the end of the day is, you know, by far our biggest um, priority and how we're creating a more efficient process that ultimately gets patients on medications faster. 
can I, if I can add on to that, I, you know, the way I think about it is the pharmacies and the pharmacists play this essential role in the specialty medication process. They are really the partners of the physician practice. They play a role, not just on the clinical side, but the administrative side in a way that's very different often than with a regular prescription. They're, they're, they're essential. And um, there's still this information gap between what happens at the physician practice, what the physician knows, what's documented in the EHR, um, and at the pharmacy. And so the innovations that, and processes that we're working on are, are really there to close those gaps. It's to help that pharmacist or the people supporting the pharmacist at the specialty pharmacy have a full picture of what's going on with the patient without having to stream through you know, a, a pile of 50 pages in a fax, without having to pick up the phone to make a phone call and, and only to be told someone will call them back later, you know, without having to um, do a lot or paper-based prior authorizations or ones in a completely disconnected way. So, you know, so that process becomes more cumbersome and separated from every, all the other work that's being done. So we, I think about, and I think we all think about how do we remove those barriers? How do we remove those sort of artificial walls, those technology barriers that exist between a pharmacy and that provider practice. Um, so they are all fo- functioning as essentially a, a care team together, collaborating to help that patient get the right medication as fast as possible. So when I think of my past in workflow development, pharmacy management systems, I was in hundreds of pharmacies, probably thousands of pharmacies, and how they were using the software and workflow to process orders efficiently with their eight hour, 10 hour workday. I think of the steps they were taking as simple as scanning documentation to support the prescription and the needs of that patient, the specific needs of that patient. And I think of those steps. What steps could the industry be taking to optimize workflow with seamless communications? Yeah, I think there's a number of steps. I mean, first, uh, as I mentioned, the NCPDP has adopted a standard for ways to communicate this data. So the more adoption there is by the electronic health records, the more adoption there is on the pharmacy electronic systems, the more automated this process will be to move information from those EHRs where this information lives to the pharmacy systems where the information is needed. I think the second thing that's really interesting and challenging about these environments is just a recognition that there are so many, there is a number of different models that exist around who does what part of the job. You know, there's so many different steps in that prescription out. Sometimes it's done by the provider practice. Sometimes it's done by the hub. Sometimes it's done by the pharmacy. And as you can imagine, when there's these different models and they they change by pharmacy or by medication, even um, it creates confusion. So some alignment there. I think the third thing as an industry is, is the burdens of associated with the prior authorization. And when I talk to physicians, when I talk to my physician colleagues, or even at the pharmacies, you know, there's an enormous amount of time spent on trying to understand um, the information that's needed to successfully fill out the prior authorization. There's also variability between payers. There's variabilities between what one payer requires for step therapy versus another. I think the more that we can have some uniformity around uh, the kinds of questions that are asked and 
um, what's expected on the to to choose a biologic or to choose a next level of a therapy of a specialty therapy, sort of the easier it's going to be for physicians and pharmacies. As as probably many of us have experienced, if you go to a specialty pharmacy or provider practice, they have these Excel spreadsheets of job aids uh, to figure out what to do for whom, you know, which payer requires what, and um, you know what they need to do to get things uh, passed, you know, to understand what's appropriate for that pay. <coughs> excuse me, for that payer's benefit plan. So that's just a lot to manage for anybody and it creates room for error and it creates room for, and it creates a lot of complexity. So, you know, I think there's technology that we can do and that exists today that makes it better. But I think as an industry trying to think about how we make life more streamlined for prescribers and the pharmacies um, to know what's appropriate for their, for the, not just a clinical decision, but the economics associated with the patient's benefits. So I want to hear from both of you on this. Cecilia, since you focus on specialty pharmacy as a product manager every day, and Andrew as the chief medical information officer for SureScripts, SureScripts has made a significant investment into helping to manage specialty prescriptions. Were there any surprises from the recent symposium that you had invested in? Yes, I would say SureScripts has been making amazing investments into specialty in general, just across the board, what specialty is and, you know, and how to look at specialty. Specialty is complex, as you know, right? There's no definition, no standard definition of what specialty or specialty medications are. So to have an opportunity to have... Um, representation across the board for specialty from, you know, we had a payer there, we had hubs there, we had pharmacy, we had physicians. Um, we, you know, we had insights from just across the specialty spectrum. I, I was, you know, I wasn't surprised at the pain points that I heard, um, you know, from prior authorization and time that it's taking to really that whole coordination of what specialty is. Um, what I'm hoping that those that were listening that maybe aren't as in tune with specialty is that they recognize and they see the complexity of what specialty is, um, that it's not that typical, you know, antibiotic or blood pressure medication that's going to the retail pharmacy, that the level of complexity, it's not necessary, but the, the technologies that were, um, that are coming forth are necessary to address the complexity of the entire process and, you know, how we can become more efficient, right? It's, I don't think specialty will ever get to a place where it's going to be as easy as um, what a retail medication would be, but we can do things to make things more efficient, right? So how can we decrease some of the costs in processing where we already know that margins are razor thin um, to negative in some instances from a specialty pharmacy perspective when they're dispensing, but really highlighting again for those that aren't maybe as close to specialty um, how complex the process is and that there's necessary investments that need to be made in the solutions to address the problem. And I'll add a couple of things. Um, there was a session uh, from a patient perspective and one of the comments in there, one of the things that I've been thinking about since then is how much time a patient invests, and this was from a personal story, how much time is invested in just understanding and trying to help that prescription go from what was decided at the physician office to the, you know, to um, the patient receiving it. And these are patients and families with 
complex challenges. They you know may have some cognitive issues depending on the disease state. Um, who, there's all kinds of factors. And what really stuck with me was how much of their sort of personal capital they have to spend on anything in their life gets spent on sort of the, the parts of the process of just simply getting the medication to them, not the clinical care, not the, not the, you know, working with the doctor to understand or make things better, but just going from trying to figure out in this case, why things got hung up for many weeks leading to a gap in therapy for a a significant disease. And so, you know, how do we help the patients think about, um, you know, give them the time so that they're focused on their quality of life, help them thinking about um, improving their, you know, their situation through health and well-being activities and not spend their time on the phones trying to figure out why isn't my medication shipped yet and try to figure out, you know, is, did it get to the right pharmacy or does the pharmacy have the information they need? The second thing was um, I had a panel with uh, two physicians and the chief pharmacy informatics officer from Mayo. Um, these physicians both work at health information technology vendors, um, as well as our practicing physicians in specialty in specialties that use um, specialty medications. And just try listening to them and hear what's going through their head as they try to make their decision, how they're balancing, not just the clinical care, but the, what it's going to take. And if their patient's going to be able to get on the medication, what they need to do behind the scenes and how much they've invested in having their staff support, getting that patient on the medication, how much they're doing, um, you know, to shield the patient from a lot of the complexity behind the scenes. And so there's enormous investments that health systems are making, private practices are making, and I know pharmacies are making to make life as easy as possible for the patient, but it's still really complex. And I just want to share one of the speakers, Mark Siska, who's the chief pharmacy informatics officer at Mayo, just shared with me his thoughts after the session. And it's something I, I reread a number of times and I keep thinking about, and he said, the mission and vision uh, Will and Charlie Mayo, so he's from the Mayo Clinic, aspire to when they founded the Mayo Clinic that we still hold on to today is the need, quote, the needs of the patient come first. And I think we are all trying to do this. Uh, I know we are all investing in ways to make this better, but I just think about that patient who's been diagnosed with multiple sclerosis, hepatitis C, cancer, uh, has severe debilitating migraines, on and on. And as an industry, as stakeholders, I mean, there's all kinds of administrative things. There's all kinds of process things. There's financial things we have to think of. But at the end of the day, that person who's really worried and scared and concerned and doesn't, you know, the, the, the physician who's the oncologist talks about that moment when you know, that patient's just incredibly worried about their new diagnosis of cancer and what the treatment's going to be and how they're going to attack it. I mean, how do we, again, keep the needs of the patient so they come first and get them on the therapy that will help them as fast as possible? I mean, that, that's what I think about every day. Um, and I think we have this still a long way to go on specialty medications to make it as easy as possible. I like hearing that, Andrew. It really brings the patient to the forefront, putting them at the center of everything that a pharmacist is doing in collaboration with the physician and caring for these specialty disease states. I understand 
board of directors, CEOs um, will sit there and look at their company and worry about profitability, but there's nothing keeping us from making sure that the patient is at the center of what we're doing, why we're doing what we're doing specific to a disease state, something that they're experiencing. This brings me back to Cecilia as the specialty pharmacist. What improvements have you seen in the current systems over the over the years that you've been involved in specialty pharmacy? Yeah, I was just, you know, thinking through that, especially as we had the symposium as well. And even just, you know, the short time that I've been at SureScripts just to see the impact of some of the work that we're doing. Um, you know, again, keeping that patient at the core. And, you know, we see reductions in turnaround time for specialty pharmacies. Um, you know, two days. Two days is a lot of time um, of, you know, patients that they can be on their therapy sooner. They, you know, aren't thinking about or having to worry about, as Andrew pointed out, the, the time that they're investing in it um, to be able to start that medication. We're seeing redu reduced phone calls. So to the physician's offices, which is huge because at the end of the day, if we're reducing phone calls to physician's offices coming from pharmacies, we're freeing up time. We're freeing up time for that physician to spend more time with those patients. Um, we're freeing up their staff to, again, focus on what needs to be focused on within that provider's office. But we're also freeing up time for those specialty pharmacies and therefore the pharmacists to spend more time with those patients and really helping them understand the therapies that they're going to be taking, which, you know, in some instances could be short term therapies, depending on the disease state, or it could be lifelong therapies that they're going to be on and really helping them, you know, kind of allowing them the time back to focus on that patient interaction, really kind of what pharmacists like to do, right? We like to talk to patients. Um, we like to have those interactions, making sure that the medications are the right medications for them, that they fully understand what they're going to be doing and the process it's going to take. Um, and then also with prior authorizations, you know, we see true electronic prior authorizations that we're able to submit and get responses back um, in minutes sometimes and not days or weeks, depending on, you know, kind of what those other processes look like um, that might be in place. Again, to Andrew's point, streamlining and having more consistency across there is is going to be beneficial. But again, I think from, you know, just some of those technologies we have today, um, it's really helping. It's, it's streamlining the process. It's creating efficiencies. Again, it doesn't make it easier, but there's more efficiencies to it and really allowing that time back to really, you know, again, focus on that patient. Yeah. And, and I think while, you know, you talked about turnaround time and it's more than just a number. I mean, I'll give an example, um, you know, one of the physicians or rheumatologists at the symposium talks about one of the challenges she sees is that she'll have a you know patient who's ready to start out a biologic therapy. And in rheumatology, I think as any clinician on this uh, podcast knows, the treatment of, of rheumatoid arthritis as an example has dramatically changed in the way we've done it, even since I was in medical school. And these therapies are not just symptomatic relief, but they prevent long-term, um, you know, changes and help people live better lives, not just in the immediate term, but in the much longer term by halting or slowing the progression of the disease. But one of the challenges she runs into is that she'll have this, this conversation with the patient, you know, they decide on a biologic therapy, especially medication. Um, but then there's a long delay. And by the time that these delays are over, the patient becomes more reluctant to start. They're worried about things. They've, they, you know, for whatever reason, they become more scared of starting this therapy. They've kind of lost that momentum they had after the doctor visit, and then they don't start it. 
And again, for a disease like rheumatoid arthritis, in the short term, you know, maybe their disease state isn't as well controlled. By not starting these aggressive and, and important therapies that can really tamp down the disease, that's a that is a long-term impact that will, you know, cause that person's life to be probably substantially worse in the years to come, ways they can't necessarily understand it or feel in the moment, but things that are really important to start right now. So that turnaround time is important, not just because a patient gets started sooner, but we've also seen data that lowering the turnaround time increases the likelihood the patient actually starts on the therapy, the one that they've decided is the right one. So those are the kinds of frictions and the kinds of uh, sort of secondary outcomes for longer, for some of the, the challenges that exist today that we've got to deal with. We've got to make it so after that discussion with the provider, that momentum continues, the patient starts on therapy, they get well and they stay well. Um, so that's what we got to keep our eye on. According to data from IMS in specialty pharmacy, we see specialty pharmacy medications accounting for 36% of the total spend. And now it's accelerated to over 60% as of 2020. The data is helping us to realize the opportunities that specialty pharmacy has for those specialty disease states and the medications being leveraged to treat those disease states. When I think of someone in your position, Andrew, and what you've seen 20 years ago and what you're seeing coming into the future based on the transformation of technologies and what SureScripts has invested in, what's the future look like in three years from now in specialty pharmacy? I would love to see a place where there, those sort of information asymmetries, the sort of barriers that exist today that require phone calls, faxes, other things, other things that cause delays are eliminated. That that pharmacy and the physician practice, and even the hub when, a, when, a, when they have that role, work together in a way that are information shared as a care team. You know, from a patient perspective, they just want to get better. They want to know who's helping them. And I think it's, and they don't want to deal with, you know, trying to coordinate. So my dream is that, um, and I think we're on the way, we're, we're certainly not there yet, is where that information that's available at one place, whether it's the practice, the hub, or the pharmacy, is equally available in a way that's digestible, that's in workflow, that's easy to use and assimilate um, in any other place. And part of that information too is, is the economics of it. As you just talked about, these drugs are incredibly expensive and the pharmacy benefit managers or the insurers in general play a really important role of making sure that as a country, we can continue to afford other parts of care and all of our dollars aren't consumed on specialty medications. I mean, it's, they play an essential role in helping manage this. And so helping think about the ways that they play um, the information they have, the information that's important to them, the information that the provider needs to know or pharmacy needs to know is easily available. And those decisions are made not by manually filling out paper forms, but by doing things electronically and by pulling data from where it already exists. So work doesn't have to be redone. So it's, again, to summarize, I, I would love to see a place where the all of the players, the pharmacies, the physicians, and the hubs function as a care team, a coordinated care team, and working with the patient and the payers too, who also play an important role in the care team 
Um, and then also we're on the economic side that information that's needed to help prescribers make a decision, help pharmacies dispense this um, is easily shared, easily available. And those, um, the prior authorizations or whatever form is needed of the information to, to get reimbursed for that medication is done you know, with as little effort as possible. And I would add on to, you know, especially as you look at the pipeline and what's coming, you know, down the road for specialty, we look at um, what would have normally been a non-specialty disease state is now becoming specialty. So we have injectables and infusions for um, Alzheimer's, where those medications have typically been oral medications dispensed from a retail pharmacy. All of a sudden, you're introducing another workflow for prescribers who may not be, you know, who may not be used to, you know, a specialty workflow as we've seen in more of our traditional specialty disease states. So, you know, as we look at ways that we are creating environments where there's, you know, kind of this free flow of information, of clinical information that's really helping um, inform decisions across the spectrum, it'll be very helpful, especially as these disease states start to expand and we start to see more innovation um, more therapies becoming available that are going to have that specialty designation again for disease states that may not have traditionally been specialty, which then ultimately support not only the prescribers, it supports the pharmacies in ways that you know they've they've created these new workflows and they've created work streams around how this information is going to flow, which ultimately will create a a seamless and a better transition for that patient going from a retail to a specialty type interaction with their whole new care team that they're going to be um, encountering going forward. So we're going to have a link in the show notes to a survey that SureScripts put together. 414 specialty pharmacies participated. Absolutely incredible data. I wanted to unpack a little bit of that just as a window into the survey information. Can you kind of give us in a, a, an overview of some of the key points of what you found most interesting from that survey, uh, Andrew? You know, what I think really struck me was how much time is spent on administrative tasks and, you know, calling out the physician. So I'll just highlight a couple of statistics. 69%, especially pharmacists, said that administrative ta tasks interfere with providing patient care. And, you know, I, I think about the role that pharmacist plays in, in being that advocate for the patient helping um, them understand their disease state, making sure the medication safely dispensed, looking over these complex regimens and making sure, you know, it's, it's the right thing and it's, and it's done in a safe way. Um, we need to have the pharmacist focus on that and not the administrative tasks. The other part that struck me was 39% reported needing to reach out to clinicians at least five times a day for more information. So, you know, at least five times. And I know from my shadowing, it's often way more than that. And all of those phone calls represent, almost all of them represent times when they received a prescription, but there's other aspects of the clinical care um, that they don't have. You know, maybe they don't have the diagnosis of why it was prescribed. Maybe they need, um, you know, they don't have the full med list or allergies. Maybe there's um, some specific laboratory information they need. And that is where I think we have this huge opportunity. That data generally lives somewhere already. It's not just in someone's brain, but it lives in an electronic health record. And I think that's what we're focused on is 
when that information exists and lives somewhere else electronic, why should you need to call somebody? Why do you need to call people at least five times a day? Why are they spending time on hold waiting to, for someone else to look it up in a different system? That's what, that's what really struck me. And look, and again, that's what we think about is those phone calls are not value add. They don't add to that patient care. They, that's time away from the pharmacist working with the patient or looking at a complex regimen. We want to give that pharmacist all the information they need right at the point of, of dispensing. Cecilia, we're always focused on the patient and putting them at the center of everything that a pharmacist does in the process is built around that disease state. However, we have to pay attention to the pharmacist's stress level as well. What can we do as pharmacists, especially pharmacists, under a little extra pressure to alleviate and to ensure that you are practicing at the top of your license as a specialty pharmacist? So it was interesting. You know, this survey was done and was getting completed just as I was starting at SureScripts last year. Um, and it, it, it wasn't a surprise to see some of the what came out of it in terms of, of burden, right? So 69% say administrative tasks interfere with providing patient care, as Andrew just pointed out. Um, but again, they're starting to feel like an admin, which I would say from my experience, I felt the same way. You know, that that's exactly what it felt like. I'm not I felt I didn't feel like a patient advocate. I didn't feel like a patient care provider. It was, you know, kind of how am I going to get the patient on their medication? Um, 71% of the pharmacists, they said they were stressed, which isn't a surprise again either, just given, you know, the um, ecosystem for what specialty is. And that prior authorization is the top of that list of stressors and delays. Um, we see that, you know, day in and day out that the prior authorization process for specialty medications is very complex especially depending on the disease state. So, you know, how are, you know, there's steps being taken to go, to move forward. And it, it has to be across the board. It's not just with pharmacies and providers trying to be more efficient at doing and completing the prior authorization. But again, as Andrew had pointed out earlier, it's, you know, how can payers start to come together and create more um, standard um, prior authorization processes, questions, um, step therapies, all of those things that go into it. Because again, it's not just, you know, we look at specialty, it's not just a provider in a pharmacy. We have an entire ecosystem that is supporting and playing a part of that um, patient um, journey uh, and what they're experiencing when from that time of diagnosis, again, all the way through that time when they're receiving their prescription. So as Andrew pointed out, you know, that that time that we're giving back is, is important on a lot of different levels. Um, and in doing so, we're giving back that time. We're taking some of those administrative burdens away. Um, we're helping and we're creating a more patient-centric environment where pharmacists are spending the time with the patients. Providers are getting that time back with the patients. And more importantly, families are getting the time back with that patient too, in terms of just kind of the overall process and how everybody is involved with taking care of that, that single patient and really looking at how our technologies can do that across the board for multiple disease states. It's not just focused on one, but really um, how we're creating a, you know, how we're changing the way we can look at specialty pharmacy. Yeah, and when I think about stress, I mean, I, I certainly time is a big part, but what I've seen as I've, I've worked with both pharmacies and pharmacists and physicians, it's not just the stress of the time. I mean, that, that's, that, that's hard and that takes away from patient care. But it's also being the often the bearer of the bad news to the patient. You know, you're trying to be the patient advocate. You're working hard, 
And maybe you're waiting for that callback from the provider so you can dispense thing and you've called them three times and you haven't heard back. Maybe you're, you know, it's taking a long time to get the prior authorization completed. Um, so it's, you're, you know, you often have to be the bearer of bad news of I'm trying, I'm trying, but I don't have the answer yet. And I, that, you know, as someone who's a caregiver and passionate about patient care and trying to, you know, you know, you're trying to empathize as much as you can with that patient who's desperately waiting to start. It's just hard and that's stressful. And it's, it, it just wears on you to, to those situations where you're trying as hard as you can, but you're not getting the progress you had hoped. Well, it's amazing to know there's organizations out there that are putting this much investment and time into this to ensure that we're empowering our specialty pharmacists. We're doing more for our patients through technology to take the stress off of the providers, off the pharmacists, off our technicians, off the relationship that is compounded by complexities between the physician and the pharmacist. We have to build out repeatable processes that can continuously be improved, assuring that everything's going to be okay. I think that we see better processes relieving more stress from pharmacists and providers. Cecilia, thank you so much for coming back to the Pharmacy Podcast. Andrew, it's been just terrific to have your insights from Sure Scripts. We thank you both for your participation in today's episode. Please look at the show notes to reach out to the SureScripts team about how they can help your organization. I'd like to hear from Andrew before we close up, give your insights to all of our pharmacists and pharmacy professional listeners. So when I think about this, what's really struck me is it's not, this isn't a problem that can be solved just by one person. Uh, it's not something that one part of the network, it's not something a pharmacy can solve alone or the practice can solve alone. But this is going to require collaboration uh, across the network, across the hubs, across the EHRs and the provider practices, across the pharmacies and all the systems that support them and across the payers. We have to work together. We have to sort of all come at this in the same way of trying to support the patients um, and remove those barriers, remove those friction points, most importantly, that don't add value to the process. They're not helping the patient. They're not helping the provider. They're not helping the practice. They're not helping the payer. They're just friction. And it's only going to happen if we come together, if we convene uh, as a group and collaborate to make this better. So that's what I'm excited about here at Scripts is we view ourselves as, as a convener in healthcare one of the most important conveners is on the prescribing side. And that's what we're collaborating on. We're trying to think about how do we remove those friction points that affect everyone in the process and that don't, don't add value to the patient care. Yeah. And I would agree with Andrew um, and all of his statements that he's made. I mean, I'm fortunate to work with, to work with Andrew very closely on a daily basis and, and kind of looking at specialty and the overall process that there is from the time the patient is seen in that doctor's office um, through that medication choice, through that prescribing, all the way to the time that prescription is being sent to the pharmacy. You know, in the in the short time I've been here, just over a year, I mean, we've seen, I've seen tremendous advances in, in terms of how the, the clinical information is being shared um, and how pharmacies are able to access it. And, you know, again, you know, how can we continue to evolve and think about how the, the solutions that we're bringing to market um, are, are of value that are bringing um, value to the pharmacies that are bringing 
um, the the patient interaction to the forefront and how we're really advancing that. And, um, you know, at the end of the day, working to make sure that our patients, each and every one of them are impacted by the solutions that we have. Um, again, as Manju pointed out, it's it's not maybe one technology, it's multiple technologies and, you know, really convening all of those stakeholders together um, to really make things happen. And, and that's really, I believe, how we're going to move the needle um, in a lot of in a lot of ways that specialty has all these friction points. I want to thank you both for participating in this unscripted podcast from SureScripts, part one of multiple parts upcoming of our six total chapters. Thank you so much for your participation in this pharmacy podcast. And thank you so much listeners for listening to the pharmacy podcast. Please take a look at our show notes, reach out to the pharmacy podcast If you have any needs as providers, as pharmacists on the front lines, if you're stressed out, please reach out to us. And as always, thank you so much for listening to the Pharmacy Podcast. Thank you for listening to Unscripted, a podcast series from ShoreScripts. For more information about how ShoreScripts can help your organization, please visit us at shorescripts.com.